Just imagine the mightiest heroes of our time. All of them on one team. The Fire and Water Network proudly presents JLU Cast. Hello and welcome to JLU Cast, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, covering the Justice League Unlimited animated series. I'm one of your hosts, Cindy Franklin. And I'm Chris Franklin, and this time we have a very special guest who is no stranger to our feature character or this network. You know him as one of the founding fathers of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, co-host to such shows as Aquaman and Firestorm, the Fire and Water Podcast, but he also happens to host this network's other show about the Justice League, which happens to feature a certain capitalist crime fighter from the far future. Please welcome the host of Justice League International Wahaha Podcast and the man most likely to run away from a drooling goose, the <laughs> irredeemable Shag. Hey, Shag. Well, thank you for having me here, Green Lantern. I appreciate it. Oh, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> I'm super excited to be here. This I, I've always personally thought this is one of the best episodes of the series, and and trying to even look at it from a non-boy biased perspective because I my connection to the characters, but I just think it's fantastic. You know, so I'm I'm super excited. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, well, absolutely. Well, there was no one else we ever even thought of having on this episode. So uh, the episode in question, Shag is here to shed his JLI expertise on the greatest story never told shining the dcau spotlight on the debut of booster gold uh the greatest story never told uh, originally aired september 11th 2004 written by andrew kreisberg directed by dan ribba music by lolita ritmanis in the cast we had kevin conroy as batman duh <laughs> susan eisenberg as wonder woman phil lamar's green lantern Carl Lumley as John Jones, Tom Everett Scott as Booster Gold, Billy West as Skeets, Lori Laughlin as Dr. Tracy Simmons. Yes, that Lori Laughlin. Yes, Jeremy Piven as Elongated <laughs> Man, Chris Fox as Captain Adam, and Kathy Succi as Young Boy. After stopping a giant robot from wrecking a city, Booster Gold holds court, trying to ingratiate himself to the citizens he just saved, while his robot assistant Skeets plays a promotional video about the time-traveling crime fighter. But the crowd could care less and move on, except for one small boy who asked for an autograph. He's disappointed to find out that Booster is not Green Lantern. Later on the Watchtower, Booster begs Jean for some high-profile assignments. Jean tells him that his pursuit of fortune and fame are what hold him back within the League. Just then, Wonder Woman calls in with a Priority One emergency. Mordru, the Dark Lord, is wreaking magical havoc on Metropolis. Jean calls on an army of heroes to teleport down and assist, and reluctantly has to include Booster. Booster is disappointed when Batman and Green Lantern put him on crowd control with Elongated Man. Things go from bad to worse when Elongated Man is called up to help the other leaguers, leaving Booster and Skeets alone to control the throng of fleeing pedestrians. He does manage to save an ant farm from a burning building and help an old lady read a map, though. When an earthquake causes a scientific research facility to partially explode and collapse, Booster rushes in to help. There, he finds the semi-unconscious Dr. Tracy Simmons. Tracy is her hurriedly telling Booster of a major, world-threatening calamity that the lab's destruction has loosed on the world, caused by damage done to their alternate energy experiments. Booster is only concerned with ogling her. Uh, Tracy finally gets through, and Booster witnesses her problem firsthand. Her colleague, Dr. Daniel Brown, is walking around with an active black hole in his chest and pulling everything he comes into contact with into it. Booster calls into Jean, but he has no time for what he feels is another of Booster's tall tales to garner attention and fame. Tracy produces a gravity nullifying collar, which may be able to close the black hole and save Daniel. 
Booster makes several attempts to place a collar on Daniel, but whether a car drops on him or he's hit by a train, he fails every time. He does manage to help a lady give birth when Daniel accidentally absorbs the EMTs working with her. But the new mother's thanks are directed at Green Lantern. As Daniel begins to go critical, a demoralized Booster is ready to give up, but Tracy points out that he's the only superhero around and the only one who can stop Daniel and save the universe. Booster allows himself to be sucked into the black hole and at the last second clamps the collar on Daniel's neck. The black hole's gravity pull stops and then Daniel belches, releasing all the animals, cars, buildings, and other things he's absorbed, including Skeets. With another belch, the black hole finally closes. Despite Keats telling him that Tracy's thermal signature indicating that she may want to be kissed, Booster walks away, feeling that only heroes get the girl. Regrouping with the League, Booster learns it was Elongated Man who defeated Mordrew. Batman chastises him for leaving his crowd-controlled post and won't even listen to him long enough for him to explain how he saved the world. Once again beaten down, someone asks him for Green Lantern's autograph. But Booster quickly perks up when he realizes it's Tracy just messing with him. She asks him to take her to dinner, and the two walk off, leaving Elongated Man to clear up the rubble. Okay, so before we get into this episode proper, the title of this one is very apt because there is possibly an even greater story never told, right, Chad? <laughs> That's exactly right. I was just going to use the same segue. So, uh, absolutely, the, the, the never told, well, I guess it's been told, but either way, what didn't happen in this episode was it was supposed to be a Firestorm-focused episode. So, uh, and we've this has been verified by both Dwayne McDuffie and Bruce Tim. They had indicated that DC had given them permission to use Firestorm. They were going to use the Ronnie Raymond, Professor Martin version. I'm sorry, Professor Martin Stein version of Firestorm for this episode. But then at the last minute, they changed their mind. Now, Bruce Tim gave some more details of it. Basically, um, I'm going to read some pull quotes from an interview he gave. Or it's not so much an interview. It's a chat thread he had been commenting on. He says, it started as a Firestorm story, but as we were breaking the story, it became more and more comedic. We soon realized it would be better to work with Booster Gold as the lead. And uh, this is sort of interesting just maybe to me as a Firestorm fan. He says it started as a quite different story altogether where uh, that they killed at the outline stage. But it was going to be a Firestorm origin. It was going to be the Justice League versus Clayface uh, mixed in. But it wasn't working. So they threw it out and started from scratch. And after several more false starts, they ended up with the greatest story plot and replaced it with Firestorm. To, I'm sorry, I replaced Firestorm with Booster Gold just to make it work. And uh, the, the, one of the things they liked about Firestorm was that whole one-sided dialogue thing where, where Ronnie and Professor Stein would be chatting, but anyone around them could only hear uh, Firestorm, uh, could hear Firestorm talking, not Professor Stein. So they thought that would be a funny gimmick. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they just – it was too much for them though. They said setting up the Ronnie Raymond backstory, introducing the professor, showing him getting fused, the powers, all that stuff. They just couldn't make that work and put in a strong A plot. So that's uh, ultimately why they ended up canning it. Now – Firestorm never actually appeared anywhere in the Justice League Unlimited cartoon. It broke my heart. They did manage him to squeeze him into some of the tie-in comics, uh, the Justice League Unlimited DC comic they published, and he was mm-hmm. in a couple issues there. They made an uh, – what I can't remember what they called the series, Chris. It was an action figure. It was like fan-voted action figure or something like that. I, yeah. I think – was was he one of the ones that was on the Maddie Collector or something maybe? Yeah, I get, I get foggy on that. But yeah, I, they did make one because I've got him, yeah. So. Yeah, they released it twice. Once as a single pack, and once as a, a if I remember right, a pack with Killer Frost and Angleman, of course, because those three make sense together. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a shame we didn't get Firestorm. But you know, it's interesting. Dwayne McDuffie actually had uh, a, a connection 
with Firestorm, whereas, you know, he, he was working on the show. He wanted Firestorm in there. And later on, he came in as DC Comics in 2007, so three years after this. And he actually finished the Jason Rush Firestorm series. And he's the one who added uh, the Jason Rush Firestorm to the Justice League as well. So uh, I, I don't know whether, you know, all those threads connect or was just coincidence, but he obviously had a love for the character. Yeah, it's it's really strange that they didn't find a place for him somewhere. And I, I've always kind of wondered, you know, they've got Wave Rider in the background. They made an yep. action figure of him. He never did anything. It's like, why didn't they just, like, if they wanted somebody with flaming hair, just use Firestorm instead, right? of, <laughs> instead of Wave Rider, you know? But well, one of the, They actually, he addressed that. Uh, one of the things that Bruce Tim said was he... Uh, he hated Firestorm's costume. They did a bunch of sketches, and they just couldn't make it work. They they realized if they were going to do it, they were going to redesign the costume. I mean, they'd keep the puffy sleeves and the flaming head and things like that, but they were going to have to redesign the costume. And then they realized after keeping working on it, working on it, they're like, why are we putting all this effort if he's not going to be the lead? Uh, why are we putting all this effort for a background character? You know. Mm. And so they they dropped him entirely, and he never made it in. It's it's kind of interesting that they hated that they hated his puffy sleeves, but Booster still got his original collar. That <laughs> has been basically eliminated from all redesigns, you know, which I right. like the collar. I think it fits him. It's like he's like some douchey dude in a polo shirt with the collar up, you know. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. He looks like uh, Johnny in uh, the original Karate Kid. Yes, he right? does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's the he's the guy in Better Off Dead that's going to ski the K-12 against uh, Lane yes! Myers, you know. Yeah, yes. that guy. He's that guy. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but, you know, it's 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 just it's it is a shame that they didn't. I, I think Al, I think Bruce Tim and Alex Ross, of course, are buddies. They must have sat around and decided, man, we really hate Firestorm, don't we? Ouch! <laughs> There's some truth in that. There's some truth in that. Uh, but we did get Booster, and uh, you know, we we meet him, and he's promoting himself to citizens he just saved. Uh, but I, do you think? I mean, that that giant robot, which looks kind of Iron Giant, yeah, oh yeah, mm-hmm. quite a bit, especially in the face. Uh, he's like laying in the building, like Booster, like punched him and knocked him into the building. So, do you think they might be a little bit miffed about the damage, the, yeah. ja- the Zack Snyder esque damage that he caused? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, absolutely. But you know, this, the citizens—they just don't seem to care. I mean, they're—I mean, maybe it's because it's I, probably Metropolis or something. Yeah. So maybe they're just desensitized to it. But like, they don't care about Booster's origin. They don't. It's like it's a, it's a momentary distraction on their way to work, is what it feels like. It's like, what's this? Eh, not that interesting, and they move on. Right. So I, I don't know that they care that much. I mean, Superman's knocking down giant robots every week, right? Well, that's true. It's like it's Metropolis, so it's like, oh, it's this. This isn't the worst thing that's happened this week, right? You know. It's... Right. <laughs> uh, Booster is voiced by Tom Everett Scott, who, despite appearing in plenty of movies and series such as Elementary and Thirteen Reasons Why, is probably still best known for playing Guy Shades Patterson in one of our favorite films, yes. That Thing You Do. So. Uh, yes, yes, he will always be Guy Patterson. Without yeah. it, that's in my notes as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who doesn't love that thing you do? That's just such a fun. I mean, I, I don't think it went over that well when it came out, but it just it was one of those movies yeah, that like absolutely. was on TV a lot, and everybody just it's just so fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's such a it's such a little and and that and Tom Hanks directed that yeah that movie yeah of course is in it too but yeah it's I was uh, working uh, I was working in movie theaters when it came out. Okay. And uh, and it's it actually sold very well in the theater, surprisingly. And okay. I went—I can't tell you how many times I just went in the theater and sat there and watched it. It was—it's such a great movie. It's still one of my favorites. It's sort of like you know the 1990s version of Eddie and the Cruisers. You know, it's the mm-hmm. it's the story of the the one hit wonder band, and you just fall in love with the the story and the characters. Right. Yep, definitely. Yeah. 
And of course, it's got Steve Zahn, who actually right. lives around here in Georgetown, where I work. Yeah, he lives in the town of Georgetown, Kentucky. So <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, another I got to mention it. I mean, the the cast is huge, guys. I mean, it's got Charlize Theron and and you know Tom Hanks and all these people, but also it's got Ethan Embry, who's done quite a bit. But he played the bass player in the film. He's kind of the the quiet, nerdy, quirky bass player joins the military or whatever. Right. But if you watch the movie, they never say his name, and mm-hmm. in the credits, he's listed as TB player. Yeah. The bass player. That's the character's yeah. name. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love that movie a little too much. Sorry. And the and the one guy went on to the 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 lead guy that was the lead singer went on to play Jonah Hex on the DC the CW show. Right. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> great great cast. Great. That one. Oh, and I just about, wanted to punch cast. his head. Oh yeah. You just I quit. I quit. I quit. Right. <laughs> just, right. Like, well, we better get off of that thing you do. But while before we leave, I'll mention that uh, Tom Everett Scott. Uh, makes such a great booster gold that he would reprise the role multiple times on Batman, the brave and the bold. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah. He's booster on there too, which, you know, booster gets a lot of appearances because the JLI is basically being formed mm-hmm. on, on that show. So, right. And the thing is, I mean, about Batman, the brave and the bold, honestly, when we get finished with this, that's the next series I would like to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Spoiler warnings. <laughs> no, I've been dropping love, hits about would it. Would love that. <laughs> Yeah, so. uh, I'm gonna get a lot of Brave the Bold action because I'm helping Siskoid. I'm gonna start helping Siskoid cover it on on FW Team Up. So oh, okay. the comic, the comic. So yeah, it's gonna be Brave the Bold all the time for me when we get to that phase. So <laughs> those segments will be really cute, but they will be inferior to Siskoid segments on uh, Marvel Team Up with another particular co-host who's <laughs> dashing and handsome and clever and witty and all those things. Oh yeah, was Ryan doing that? Oh, oh damn! <laughs> Never liked you, Franklin. I never liked you. <laughs> oh. Well, Booster luckily has some help in the PR department thanks to his robot assistant, Skeets, which, Shag, did Skeets ever appear in Justice League International, Justice League America during the Wahaha run? He was in one or two issues that were tangentially connected to JLI. Uh, I want to say, though, those weren't written by Giffen and DiMatteis, if I remember right. And I'm talking off the head, off the cuff, uh, off the top of my head here. Like, I remember one issue where they found Skeets in a closet. Mm. Um, but I, again, I don't think it was a Giffen DiMatteis one. Yeah, they just, they just, it started off where they didn't really know the character that well when they were writing him. So they didn't use Skeets. And then they just, they, once the Booster Beetle dynamic developed, they didn't need Skeets. So they just moved on without him, which is kind of crazy. It is weird. Yeah. It's, I mean, that would have been, I mean, that would have fit right in. They could have had Skeets instead of Elrond, you know, I mean. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> good point. Hmm. Mm. Uh, well, Elrond was their own creation, so it gave them a lot more uh, latitude in what they did with the character, I suppose. That's true. They were they were looking for those percentage points from the <laughs> the, the Elrond action figures, which I guess right. te- technically the total justice Despero is kind of Elrond in Despero's oh, body. So. <laughs> God. That's so not, sorry, not a good era for me. Not a good era. <laughs> <laughs> but you love those Total Justice figures, I know. Total so. Justice <laughs> makes a fantastic audio drama radio thing. You should listen to it if you haven't heard it. I have, yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, Skeets is voiced by Billy West, who voiced Philip J. Fry, Professor Fonsworth, and Zoidberg on Futurama. 
among many other things. He's the red M&M and all the M&M commercials, but he will always be Stimpy to me. Oh, yes. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Although I do love Futurama, but I, you know, I've got a soft spot for Ren and Stimpy still. So I looked to see if any of the villains Booster mows through in his promotional video were anyone we knew, but they, they look like they were all made up for the show, which is, which is odd for this series that uh-huh. they didn't just like, throw a bunch of characters from who's who in there. You right. know, it's just, it, it, it was really weird. I kept looking to see, was that, no, that's not, not, not the, the alien races didn't even seem no. familiar. So that, hmm. well, it could be, you know, if you really, if you want to play, um, you know, no prize it or whatever, you could say that, well, it's all made up by skeets to, uh, as a PR thing, cause booster's not actually that successful. And so they couldn't use licensed characters cause uh, they weren't, it didn't really happen. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good. That's a good in-universe reason. Yeah. <laughs> now you notice in, in well, Skeet's video is promotional, so they wouldn't say this. But in no point in the episode do they ever discuss. Uh, now they talk about how Booster came back in time to get famous, but they never talk about the fact that in the future Booster Gold has a criminal past. Mm-mm. But that, that never comes up in the episode, which is sort of interesting because that was one of the key pieces of Booster Gold's origin of the comics. Right, right, and that would have made him even more like it could have. It could have played into. You know, how low we got and how, mm-hmm. you know, it, yeah, that's true. That's maybe they didn't, maybe they felt like that was just a, a little too much information and it didn't, um, you know, it, it worked for time. It right? didn't work for time or, you yeah. know, I, I can't, I can't really see them being concerned that, oh, well, we don't want a criminal, a former criminal being a superhero. I don't think, I think those guys would have probably have went in that direction yeah. if they thought it, they could, could milk mm. it more, you know, but I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Booster standing on the moon with the flag behind him is straight out of the end of the title sequence to George Reeves' Adventures of Superman series, mm-hmm. which I thought was where the flag just appears behind him. It's <laughs> I didn't even catch that. Oh, my gosh. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, we get our first I'm not Green Lantern gag with the kid, which mm-hmm. is <laughs> just running through. I mean, one, again, like Booster points out later. He's not wearing green. No. Two, yep. Green Lantern is a black guy. Yeah. <laughs> TCAU, or the, you know, the one that people seem to know. So it's like, how, do, you know, how well do these people know they're superheroes? That's what, right? that's what I want to know. <laughs> well, I, that's why I think the gimmick works so well. Because yeah. it's not even like it's close. It's so far yeah. afield of what he is that, you know, but now their costumes both, I think, have like a, a pointed design, maybe, whatever. Yeah. But it's, it, I found the gag hilarious. I think it was very in keeping with Booster's history with the Just League International, where it's a gag that just keeps getting repeated. I mean, they must have used that Green Lantern joke at least three or four times in the episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's a very typical of JL. So I love that aspect. Yeah, it was. It was. And speaking of typical of JLI, you've got Booster and Jean, uh, you know, talking about, uh, you know, Booster wanting high, more high profile work. And, you know, Jean has to tell him that, you know, you really, you know, you, you being so glory hungry is the reason why you're benched, basically. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I thought it was nice that they kind of honed in on on their their relationship there. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, yeah, if you think about who he interacted with, exactly. So he's interacting with a Green Lantern, uh, which now wasn't Guy Gardner, but it was still a Green Lantern. He's interacting with Jean. He's interacting with the Elongated Man, all Justice League, you know, international era characters. So that's got to be on purpose. And Batman. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And another big JLI thing, too, is, you know, the the, the era I love, the Bwahaha era, what that comic is about is it's a sitcom. And it's what happens between the world-saving battles. And if you notice in this episode, I mean, Mordrew, he's a background character. He, he's obviously the big bad, 
but he's he's basically just a MacGuffin. He's just there in the background. We never actually see the fight with him. We never see how he gets taken down. None of that's important. What's no. important is the stuff that's going on in between the battles. You know, the crowd control, the saving the ants, the baby birth, all of that. I mean, all of that really plays into the strengths of what the JLI was all about. And again, it's it's absolutely got to be intentional. Yeah, I think so. I think they definitely, you know, I think that was probably another, when they when they picked Booster, they're, they're like, okay, we can, this is going comedic, so we'll use Booster, and then we can just slide into that kind of JLI feel, you know, mm-hmm. with, with this one, yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman calls in a mayday, and we see on the screen, uh, Batman swings in and grabs her out of harm's way. Now, does Wonder Woman really need Batman to save her, Cindy? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hadn't she just been knocked down or something? I mean, was she maybe stunned for? I can't remember specifically. Was she, she was. Stunned? If like, he has it together enough to call a mayday, then she can kick uh, his ass. She, to the end. Yeah. yeah, she was standing up, talking into her earpiece, you know, and 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 there's a blast coming toward her, and Batman comes in and swings in. I mean, you know, one Wonder Woman's got you know speed of Mercury, uh-huh. and you know, I mean, I know she's not Captain Marvel, but she still does. But uh, and it should more be the other way around, really. You yeah. Know? Yes. <laughs> That kind of ticked me off. I, I know it was there to establish that Batman's there too, but I think they should have had Batman call in and mm-hmm. then had Wonder Woman come fly in and pull him out of the way. Uh huh. <laughs> right. But right. heaven Good forbid point. they get their misogynistic knickers in a twist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. we this is a very male gazy episode of Justice League Unlimited. No oh yeah, I mean they they do the male gaze when Booster's checking out Tracy. I mean they focus right in there and uh, he's clearly checking her out which is gross but also it points out the kind of guy he is which is why he, no one likes him right uh-huh. <laughs> so they do call it out i mean it's not like they uh ignore the fact that he's skeevy yeah it's it's yeah exactly they don't condone it it's just it's part of his character it's part of his character flaw you know mm-hmm. they, you know flaws, flaws yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, and like you said, Jack, the, the big bad is more Drew, uh, even though he's kind of like a, you know, like you said, it's a side plot, but, but who expected more Drew? I mean, yeah, I mean, right? I was like, <laughs> I had to ask you who it was. Yeah. From the, from the Legion of Superheroes. Although he was one of the villains in the Legends of the Superheroes live action specials. So. Oh, I'm like, point. is he an escape keyboard elf? What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> Nope, he's a big, scary, bad wizard guy from the 30th, 31st century. So, yeah, so there you go. <laughs> it's a very complicated why he's in the 20th so, century thing. We don't want to go down. He's 31st. When did Booster Gold come from? What century is he Booster from, Shag? I can't remember. He's from the 25th. But, again, this is this is a rabbit hole we don't want to go down because Mordry's also in the present because yeah. the Justice League trapped him, and he's just – he's ancient, so – it could be a real mess. The, the important thing is they just put a cool magical bad guy in the background, and okay. he's not—he's not even the focus of the story, which is great. Also, yeah. gives us a brief uh, composite Superman joke. Yes, it does. Which will, yeah. <laughs> well, we're here now. We'll talk about it now. I know you had to love it because I know you love composite Superman. I hate that character with the passion of a thousand burning suns. It's like if it was just Batman and Superman together, it'd be fine. But the whole gimmick with him is it's Batman and Superman together with all the powers of the Legion. Yeah. What? <laughs> Which is why he was green. He had green skin because of Brainiac Five. But yeah, just, but but here he's got you know he's got Caucasian skin, but 
it's Wonder Woman's voice. So yeah. it's like yeah. Wonder Woman got transformed into a composite Superman Batman. <laughs> right. And I mean, why didn't this become an action figure? Yeah, exactly. Uh, a right. talking action figure at that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That would now I, maybe the mold would have been too difficult, but I mean, if you just take two molds and glue them together, they could have worked. Yeah, that would have been a great uh, figure for them to make. Yeah, yeah. It'd been really yeah, it'd been cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, you know, Jean is spooked by the malevolent magic he senses in the Dark Lord Mordrew and fears for the fate of the planet. And right before we cut to the uh, opening title sequence, Booster's answer, uh, response is yes. You know, it's just like, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Which was perfect. It just sums up the character. You're like, oh, yay, the world's going to end. I get to play hero, you know, and and uh, little does he know uh, what he's about to get into. But Right. <laughs> but was there was there ever another episode of JLI uh, or JLU, I'm sorry, that was basically a sitcom? I mean, I know we had another episode. Like, this is also rare in that the, the big characters are not the focus of the episode. It's very rare that we get a focus on – like, I, I think they had a Suicide Squad episode where it wasn't about the JLU. But, I mean, is it – have we ever had another sitcom one? Well, the the Zatanna episode, the List Little Piggy with Wonder Woman, where mm. she turned into the pig that we did yeah, with Ryan. Yeah, yep. Good that point. One's, that one's very humorous and the kids stuff. There's actually quite a few humorous episodes in right. this season. But uh, before we get kind of, you know, into the uh, – uh, you know, the X-Files-esque plot of the uh, Cadmus Project Heavy mm-hmm. and, and the Suicide Squad and all that and, you know, what what's really behind all that in the next season or right. Task Force X, sorry. Uh, so, right. uh, but yeah, th- this is like the only episode that that's comes to mind that's like a solo spotlight show where it's like almost entirely about one right. character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's kind of an odd, uh, it's kind of, kind of an odd outlier in that way, but, it, and I wish they'd done more actually. Mm-hmm. And if the series, but I think, I think basically they didn't know they were going to get into that protracted storyline. They were yeah. basically planting seeds that they, they're like, well, why don't we do something with this? We planted this over here. Right. And then before you know it, season two is picking up on stuff established in one and it's almost like an ongoing storyline. Right. And then season three's the Legion of Doom slash Secret Society story. Right. So if they kept going, they might have went back to things like this, maybe. You know what they could have done? It would have been great. And they set it up beautifully. If they had done like a buddy cop episode, not a, not an end of joy, but a buddy cop episode with Vigilante and Shining Knight, that would have been the best. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because they really I, set it. I mean, they even appeared in this episode. I mean, they, these those characters, they were really setting them up for something. Yes, exactly. And I mean, they, they do, they, they play a big part in the, the Seven Soldiers of Victory episode in season three. But mm-hmm. yeah, just to have those two would have been great. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we don't have Booster and Beetle, unfortunately, because they couldn't use Blue Beetle because of some weird thing with the old Blue Beetle radio show from the late thirties, early forties. Really? Yes. It's so bizarre. Now, apparently they got that straightened out by the time, um, Batman the Brave and the Bold comes comes out because Jaime Reyes was a huge part on that show. Mm-hmm. He was a recurring mm-hmm. one of the main recurring characters on there. Uh but and Ted was on there too. They used Ted. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh but I, I really don't I really don't know why they couldn't hear it. Was some kind of weird legal loophole they couldn't jump through. So weird. Anyway. Uh, the episode, uh, the credits come up when we come back from break. That is the episode's written by Andrew Kreisberg, who wrote the classic Justice League two-parter Legends, which we covered with our dear departed friend Zoom Yukinori here uh, on JLU Cast. Uh, but he will go on, Andrew Kreisberg will go on to be one of the head writers and showrunners 
on the CWDC shows, including Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl. So uh, this guy knows the DCU. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was like, oh yeah, Andrew, that that's him. That's he wrote this episode. I, I kind of forgotten that. So <laughs> it's sort of fitting with how with, with deep bench, you know, the CW shows really reach deeply, and this one also very very deep bench with a lot of the supporting characters and stuff. So it, it, it tracks. Yeah, I mean, when Commander Steel is one of your regulars uh, on <laughs> Tomorrow, then you know it's deep, you know? It's just... <laughs> they made Vibe a regular character right out of the gate, man. I know, on Flash, yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, Jean calls in Captain Adam, who is now voiced by Chris Cox instead of George Eads, as we heard in Initiation. Uh, Cox is a very prolific uh, voice artist. He voiced Hawkeye on Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes. Tons of roles on Seth MacFarlane's Family Guy and American Dad. And played several other DC characters such as Scarecrow and animated Batman Hush movie. And you brought him up earlier, Shag. He's also the voice of Sir Justin the Shining Knight right here uh-huh. on Justice League Unlimited. So there you go. Uh, speaking of which, after Jean calls in Green Lantern, the Shining Knight is one of the heroes Jean calls into the transport, uh, to transport down. The other heroes include Hawk and Dove, Star and Stripe, which he oddly doesn't call Star Girl. He just says Star and Stripe, which mm-hmm. was the name of the comic book. Uh, Fire and Ice, Dr. Light, Aztec, Huntress, who's in a costume that we won't see later in this series. They change it to the Jim Lee costume, mm-hmm. basically, later. Uh, Vigilante, that you pointed out, Elongated Man, Vibe, and finally, begrudgingly, Booster Gold. And I love how he's like, Booster Gold. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, the fact that he calls Vibe before him tells you where he ranks on the heroes. Right, right. Yeah. And it's all done very dramatically and purposeful. Yeah. They, they absolutely accent that, that he's calling Vibe before that. Oh, it's fantastic. Ah, What a freeze frame moment. I mean, I actually wrote all those names down myself because I wanted to talk about that moment where all of those are standing there. Again, the deep bench of characters for us nerds, comic nerds. I'm just, I was gushing the first time it aired. I was gushing when I watched it again in preparation for this. I mean, just all those characters together brings me so much joy seeing all of them yeah exactly yeah i i love when booster lands on the transporter pad and he's <laughs> and his he tells the guy energize you know right. <laughs> and the dude's response cindy what's he's called him doofus yeah <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. That was great. I just, I love that. I was just, because, you know, he's like, I'm on Star Trek. Energize, you know? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) I guess they have that still in the 25th century, so that works out. That's right, right. Uh, The demonic wraith things we see are attacking Metropolis. They kind of look like the ones that we saw Carcool use in Mm -hmm. the Superman episode, The Hand of Fate, which you helped us cover, Shag. I was going to say, best uh, coverage of an, uh, an episode on this show until now. That's right. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, the league beams in, and the city's just, again, it looks like Zack Snyder got a hold of it. So yeah. it's mm-hmm. just, it's it's in the, it's in a wreck. Um, but you can't blame Booster for being incredulous when Green Lantern and Batman pick Vibe and Hawk and Dove over him. You know, mm-hmm. so... <laughs> I know Hawk and Dove's a running, a running punching bag uh, on on the network, so I thought I'd bring that up. So, <laughs> well, the most important moment of that scene, though, is when Elongated Man's there, and Green Lantern, just as straight faced as he can, says, "Plastic Man's already down there. We don't need two stretchy guys." That because where it leads later is the best. Yeah, it it is. Yeah, and and the weird thing is, we never saw Plastic Man no. on JLU. No, nope. he's right, mentioned, right. but we never see him. 
So, uh, so it's like he's in. That's even worse than Firestorm. They mention him, but then they never show him. So, uh, yeah, just we had a well, chance. Yeah, it's fitting with this episode though. Again, because the Mordru threat really, we don't see him get defeated. He's 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 not that important. He's just there, and so it, it kind of fits with that sort of philosophy, though. That's true. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Elongated Man is voiced by Jeremy Piven, best known for Entourage, Mr. Selfridge, and several Jar Cusack films going all the way back to One Crazy Summer and Say Anything, but I'll remember him as the D-bag Dean in the Old School. Yeah. That's what I always yeah. think of. Uh. <laughs> or Assistant Dean or whatever he was, but yeah. he, he was the guy that was making their life hell, so I remember that, yeah. He's uh, a great actor, but for me, he'll always just be John Cusack's sidekick. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Of course, Ralph is in the JLE, and he's in a version of that JLE costume here, Shag. Mm-hmm. So, yep, yeah, perfect. The purple costume is my favorite elongated man. Not that particular one, but the one he had in Justice League Europe is my favorite elongated man costume, actually. Yeah, me too. I really is because I, I mean, I got a soft spot for the red one, but it, it looks it looks a little too much like Plastic Man, you know. What? That's on purpose. When they created Elongated Man, they didn't realize they owned the rights to Plastic Man. I mean, Elongated Man was basically created as an accident. Yeah. Um, and well, he started with a purple suit, but then quickly moved to the red one that looks just like Plastic Man. So it all it all tracks. Right. Yeah. Julia Schwartz didn't realize that they they had the rights to Plastic Man. So. <laughs> Uh, and Ralph tells Booster he once disguised himself as a vase for three days, uh, but then Booster says, no, you didn't. And he immediately admits he's lying. Which Shades thought. of Billy Madison. Yeah. It, yo, that, yeah. Shades of oh, Billy yeah, Madison. Oh, yeah, you're right, that's, Chris that's Farley. Me and her, we got it on. Yeah. No, you didn't. Well, yeah. no, we didn't, but. <laughs> uh. But see, think about it. Two liars know each other. Right, right. That's uh-huh. True. Yeah. So. That's a good, good call on the Billy Madison thing. That's great. <laughs> Ralph is Chris Farley. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> but he does, Ralph does point out he's a detective, so he's part plastic man and part Batman, which I've always kind of like, that's how I describe Ralph to myself. Right. Like he's part black plastic man and part Batman, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was funny. He's uh, such an underutilized character, right? and I'm glad that he, you know, gets underutilized in this. They show the fact that DC just doesn't think enough of him. Right, right, right. yeah, yeah. And when they do use him, it's to no, it's in a way that most fans didn't want to see him get used. Uh, All right. Uh, so uh, let's not get into that. Uh, Booster wants him to stop complaining, but Ralph tells them the squeaky wheel gets the grease, my friend, which is going to be a, another running game. Yeah, yeah. This episode, so yeah. Uh, because Wonder Woman calls and says, we need you. And, of course, Booster thinks she's talking to him. But she says, no, not you, him. And then when he's stretching away, Ralph says, squeaky wheel. So... <laughs> and then Skeets comes in. Maybe they needed a vase. <laughs> right? Again, it's a sitcom. This whole episode is great. It's just one liner after one liner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, uh, you know, we see the crowd control scenes and Booster really sucks at this. Oh my People gosh, are yes. just, They're running in mass past him, hysterical. I mean, it's just, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's so in keeping. I mean, it's perfect body language. You see, like, he's sitting down by one point, just casually waving them on. I mean, if it had been nowadays, he would have been scrolling through Facebook on his phone at the same time or something. Yeah. But, um, or Twitter, probably. But anyway, it's... Uh, not Twitter. It's, not for the Franklin household. 
Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> but it's but it's perfect body language. It totally tells the audience how little he cares. And I I think it's 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 not realistic, but it works for the story so beautifully. Oh yeah, it's perfect for him. It's just he's really just he he can't believe he's stuck with doing this and he just he's not even gonna attempt to do it well. You know, yep. he's just he's so put out by it. He's just like, you know, he's not gonna say, Okay, well I'll prove myself by showing I'm really good at this. He's like, mm-hmm. No, this is beneath me, so I'm just not gonna do it. Yeah. You know? Yep. <laughs> Uh, we get the composite Superman scene we mentioned, and then a kid tells him his ants are still in the burning building. And of course, Booster thinks he's going to go save some uh, some elderly women, perhaps that are in the in the building. And he flies in, and of course, they could they could be hot ants like uh, Marissa Tomei. You know, that's you know? exactly what I was thinking. That's yeah, what he's you, thinking too. You never know; they might be hot ants. But anyway, uh, they were hot ants because they were almost on fire. But uh, the, oh, <laughs> he, come, he he comes into the building, and what's he find? An ant farm. An ant farm. <laughs> <laughs> and I love I love Tom Everett Scott's low key delivery. Here are your ants. You know, right, right. the kid, just like... And who else thinks that that kid looks like a little shag? <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. Oh my god, yes. That's a... He did. Cindy pointed that out last night. We rewatched it again for you know, it, it's just like the kid looks like little shag because we, you know, you've, we've seen pictures of you, you know, when you're a kid, oh, like no. recently in your V Halloween costume. Yes, right. it, it's a little shag. <laughs> it's a little shag. Uh, <laughs> fine, I'll own it. <laughs> I, did, I did not have an ant farm though, for the record. No, oh, okay, I never did either. Did you ever have an ant farm? No, I didn't either. No, I had hamsters. I had one turtles. when I was teaching preschool that I broke. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> Adding insult to injury, of course, the kid calls him Green Lantern. So, and I mean, poor, I mean, poor little Shag calling Booster Gold his hero, Green Lantern. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, did love some Green Lantern growing up, so that's fair. That's fair. Oh, yeah, see, I'm, I'm telling you, people, look at the kid, the ant kid. It's a little shag. Yeah, there you go. Uh, after helping an old lady read a map, he rushes into the collapsing research center, and he finds Dr. Simmons, who he comments is beautiful and in distress, my favorite kind of damsel, uh, as we pointed out. Uh, <laughs> is it is, is, in our Me Too era now, Is that I think that's even skeevier than it was in 2004, don't you think? Well, the thing is, is it was always skeevy to me. Now men are aware of how skeevy it is. They're finally, men are finally starting to get some self-awareness. Mm. Well, all right. So I'll, I'll take a, a quick position here. So like I, I, we did a recent episode of the JLI podcast uh, with Dr. Jennifer Schwartz-Levine. And she is uh, uh, she writes papers and gives presentations on feminism and comics. And we've talked a lot about the portrayal of Booster in Beetle. And especially in relation to sort of the Me Too era. And the question comes up, are they legitimately, you know, misogynist jerks or are they sort of just like douchey bros? And and I mean that it's the best possible term I come up with in that they're a bit harmless. Like they flirt with girls. They, you know, they're obviously checking girls out. They're very sex positive, et cetera. But once a girl says no, they're out. I mean, they don't push it. They don't go beyond where they should. They, right. make a pa- they make the pass, you know, or they, they hit on a girl. And when the girl doesn't show any interest, they behave themselves. They don't they don't go beyond where they should. So the, so there's a question there. And it's it is up to everyone's own individual interpretation. Uh, are they a problem or are they just a, you know, skeevy you know, or a douchey bro who's going to hit on every girl they meet? And when they get said no, they move on and they don't bother the girl again. So it's a it's a question for each person to ponder, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think like he's deplorable or anything. No, no. I, I just, I just think that now it reads a little. I think, I think it was initially back in 2004, it was probably read as this is just funny. Yeah. But okay. now, yeah. now you read it as, well, this is somewhat funny, but kind of problematic, you know? <laughs> it's, yeah. You know? <laughs> well, and like, like I said, you know, as a woman, you know, it's always been skeevy when, you know, a guy hits on you, but now you don't have the good guys hitting on you because now you're, they're finally realizing, oh, wait, that isn't. You know, I don't want to be lumped in with those guys. Yeah. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. you know? Yeah. That, that's what I'm, where I'm going with that. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and as we mentioned, she's trying to explain the potentially world-ending crisis at hand, and we're literally seeing from Booster's perspective, mm-hmm. he starts at her legs and moves up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> they very purposely give the male gaze. And it's yes. to demonstrate, I mean, and, and I think, and maybe I'm reading it with a 2022 lens, but I think it really does paint Booster in a bad light on purpose. I mean, I, yeah. I don't think they're trying to, I mean, yes, they're saying it's funny, but at the same time, I think they're trying to say to the audience, this dude's slime. We get it, you know. So I, that's how I read it. No, I, I think you're right. I think they're they're that's part of his character. The other the other Justice Leaguers would not do that, you know. Yeah. Correct, exactly. Superman and Batman would never run into a attractive female scientist and look her up and down, you know. I mean, exactly. And so it's 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 definitely the character there. Uh, as Cindy pointed out, Doctor Tracy Simmons is voiced by Lori Laughlin, then best known for years as uh, her years as Becky on Full House. But now, unfortunately, best known for paying a college off to pass her kids and then getting into legal trouble for that. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and Becky went to jail. Yes, and Becky went to jail. Yeah. Uh, she also played... That's a whole different film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuller Big House, coming this fall to Netflix. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, my gosh. It was right there. How did I not see it? <laughs> uh, oh, and, uh, of course, she played Black Canary on the short-lived Birds of Prey TV series. Uh-huh. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's she, right. She did, yeah. And it's real a shame because I always used to have a crush on her. I thought she was yeah. cute when she was, you know, when I was like, you know, I didn't care about the teenage girl, the girls on there. I thought, I thought Lori Laughlin was cute. <laughs> you and every red-blooded American boy. Yes, that's without true. a doubt. Yes, yes. Uh, we see the black hole they created has bonded with her colleague Doctor Brown, who keeps walking through the city, absorbing everything. <laughs> Yes. I mean, this is the biggest, excuse, I mean, this is plot hole. Sorry, it's the only way. Plot black hole. But here's the thing. I, at first, when I thought, I'm like, okay, he's not aware of what he's doing, you know, da, 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 da. He literally turns around when his friend is there to not absorb her later on. And th- he's walking through. He's aware. He knows. He says what he's sorry doing. to people he sucks in. I'm like, what yeah. the frick, dude? Stay still. I, I think they should have just had him like he was in like a, a, a total daze. Like, I know he would still absorb stuff, but if he stood still right. somewhere, he probably wouldn't absorb as much. It would take longer for it to come to him. Right. He's like actively walking around sucking stuff in. It's just. For a scientist, he ain't real bright. Yeah, drop him in a field somewhere and let him suck up, you know, leaves and the bushes and things or something. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I felt like he was in a daze as well, but yeah, you're right. There's the point when he turns around and says, sorry, those are kind of indicators he's not, but like maybe he's like in a, you know, sleepwalking kind of mode where he's just a little bit aware of what's going on. Cause I mean, there's gotta be some, ra- you gotta rationalize it somehow. And then that's where I would probably lean. Yeah. I, I, I think that's gotta be it, but I just, I think they, 
you know, I think maybe if he hadn't said anything, it would have been a little more, or just went, uh, you know, or something. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. But, and he calls her by name later, and, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, this power is very similar to the Flash villain supporting character Chunk, mm-hmm. uh, who is pretty much forgotten. Although, didn't they, they did something with he him on, on the, the Flash show. TV series. Yeah. yeah, they did, yeah. Um, we kept stealing, back- you're stealing from my superlative, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, we cut back to the Watchtower, and Jean is directing the League's actions, including Supergirl, who we didn't see before, so it's always nice to see Supergirl on the series. Dr. Ange's ears just perked up. We said Supergirl. Yeah. Uh, Jean really should have listened to Booster's call, but when you can't be taken seriously... No one takes you seriously, ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and right now they're facing Mordrew. I mean, he's like, you know, I ain't got time for this jokester. Yeah. I, my dad told me one time about a uh, a guy that was uh, where he worked, was a total, just a total cut up, never had anything, you know, serious to say, always made everything into a joke. And then one time they were in some kind of meeting or something, and he had some concern and and everybody just brushed him off, and he's like, "I'm being serious." And everybody just kind of looked at him like, "Since when?" You know, right. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. I mean, his 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 opinion meant nothing because yeah. he had been yeah. a clown all mm-hmm. his life, and then decided to get serious about something. So, you know, I mean, it just it, that's the way stuff goes sometimes. So, uh, a year after this Infinite Crisis, Beetle has uh, tied to Booster. Beetle has the same exact situation. Infinite Crisis. He tries to bring up at a point. No one, everyone thinks he's a jokester. Jokester ignores him, and it ends up leading to his death. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah way to bring that up, Shaq. Thanks. I got that well, panel. I got that panel in my head now. Thanks. <laughs> well, it is tied to Booster, and Booster played a role in that. Uh, yeah, and Booster that didn't thing. even listen to him in that. I know. One. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, that's true. Good, no good point. I'm, I'm just messing with you. I just, oh man, DC, when they went dark, man, they went dark. Woof. They sure do. Every, <laughs> co- every couple of years. Yep. Oh, we're going to be lighter. No, wait, here's, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not even going to get into it. Yeah. Here's Heroes in Crisis, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Booster acts like John gave him the go ahead to handle this solo. Tell Superman I've got this one. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Don't you guys love how quickly Tracy whips up a collar to stop a black hole? She's a smart scientist woman. Why uh, not? Okay. <laughs> well, it's exactly. a DCU. You know, it's a DCAU. That can, you know, uh-huh. we can make techno stuff like in an instant. You know, we've got. Absolutely we, right. Yeah. <laughs> Looked kind of Kirby tech too. I liked it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it did. Yeah. Uh, we cut to the JLU's fight with Mordrew and he hurls a car at Green Lantern, which Captain Adam saves him from. And we then cut back to Booster, who is sneaking up on Daniel, and the car just flattens him. I know. <laughs> I mean, luckily it was on Booster. Yeah, I mean, Green right. Lantern and Captain Adam just let a car go careening, flying through the air in the city. Yeah. I mean, couldn't John, you know, like put a power ring bubble around that thing and bring it to the ground or something? Yeah, for real. <laughs> but then your logic ruins the sitcom. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> So did Booster, I guess Booster's got his force field going on, Shag. Or he, absolutely, absolutely. He has to. Cause <laughs> Otherwise, that car would have been a whole different uh, ending there. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, as we mentioned, you know, Daniel's sucking up people saying sorry. He sucks up a co- uh, hot dog vendor's cart. So we've we've already discussed that. But he absorbs two EMTs, although I'm not sure 
why the guy that was getting in the passenger side got absorbed. I know. That was kind of weird. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, did he turn toward him and, <laughs> and yeah. suck him in? I just... He might have. He might have, yeah. Well, if, if you notice, it's it's very plot-driven, the, the absorbing stuff. Like, the hot dog cart guy, the hot dog cart gets sucked in, but the guy steps out of the way and doesn't. So, I mean, it's, it's absolutely plot-driven what gets sucked in there. Yeah, uh-huh. it is. Yeah, definitely. He doesn't really make sense. He's sucking in trains, but he doesn't suck in a guy who's next to a hot dog cart that he sucks right, in. So. Right. <laughs> I love it that Booster thinks Tracy can deliver a baby since she's a doctor. Yeah. Right. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm a physicist. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, doesn't work that but way. That is, that is how comic book scientists work, though. I mean, if you look at pretty much any comic book, the scientist in the issue it doesn't matter what their field is. They can do any science, whether it's chemistry or physics or quantum physics, whatever. Apparently, just by being a scientist in a comic book means you're an expert in every kind of science in the world. Right, so there you right. go. Yeah, I mean, like, you're Reed Richards. He's like literally exactly. the, the, the easy... Or the professor from Gilligan's Island. The professor, exactly. Yep, there you go. <laughs> Who looks like Reed Richards? Or Reed know, Richards looks yeah. like him in Marvels. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> you're right, yeah. Uh, Skeets, uh, you know, that's a stereotypical comic book and TV thing that a doctor mm-hmm. of any kind knows how to be a medical doctor. Yep. Uh, and then Skeets has a stereotypical TV pregnancy solution of boiling water and tearing up sheets. Yeah. <laughs> Preferably <laughs> those you don't plan to use again for bedding. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> well, I like the next bit where Skeets is pacing outside the van like an expectant father. He's yes. flying back and forth pacing like a dad, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> And then the new mother thanks who? Green Lantern. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Tracy's getting sucked into the uh, to the subway tunnel because Daniel is down in the subway tunnel and uh, Booster flies in. I do think he has a nice little save here because he grabs her and they're getting sucked in and he blasts the uh, uh, the entrance with his laser mm-hmm. beam and and on his wrist and it. Uh, you know, it blocks the suckage, yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah. So that was a, that was a nice little move. I, I, I thought that was mm-hmm. nice. Of course, after he saves her, they almost kiss until Skeets interrupts them, much like Jimmy Olsen in Superman the movie. Yeah, so- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's Mark McClure. So, so Cindy, what do you think about Tracy falling into the thankful damsel in distress mode here? Ugh. <laughs> Can you can you reiterate that a little bit more than just a face and a minor sound there? I'm sorry, but yeah, they're facing a you know a crisis, blah blah blah. But ew, she doesn't even know what he looks like underneath that. You know, he's got a mask on and those goggles. She don't even know what his eyes look like. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh. No. They do draw. Him, they do draw him pretty hunky though. I mean, he's he's pretty buff looking dude in the in the series, and uh, you know, he just saved her life. No. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I mean, that's how me and my wife met, but anyway. <laughs> uh, just, no, no. I, I thought you might be good. It, did, it almost seemed like I was waiting for her. If they panned out, she lift her leg in the back, you know, yeah. bent knee, like, like yeah. as she goes to kiss him or something, you know. I just, <laughs> I'm just like, why, why? <laughs> I know how Cindy thinks. I knew she had to be like, ugh, when they did that. <laughs> Not to jump ahead, but since we're on that subject, they do sort of do a role reversal later. Tracy's the whole reason the episode gets saved, though. You know, Booster's ready to give up. And again, I know I'm jumping ahead, but since we're talking about Tracy, she's the one who gives the inspirational speech. She's the one that pushes him and says, go do your job. 
and she's the reason this all works out. So, I mean, and I have a problem with this. So when we uh-oh. get to it, this, mm. okay. All right. So, mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, so pit, put a pin in that shag. Put okay. A pin, put a pin. Yes. In or, or you can cut it and I'll come back to it again. Whatever you want. Um, yeah, okay. Now nah, we'll, we'll keep it. Uh, Daniel oh. absorbs a subway train. A subway train. Go walk into a field, man. I mean, come on. Yeah, and there's people on it, obviously. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Booster gets hit by another subway train, and I guess that's the last straw because he just gives up. And even Skeet says, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so that was, that was kind of fun. We cut back to the jail use battle with Mordrew again, and he's a giant riding a dragon, blasting back at them. We see Johnny Thunder's Thunderbolt and Vibe, who appears to be flying. Oh, or yes. At least, at least floating. I, is this the Super Friends rule of when the the Flash can fly when he needs to, that type of thing? What, what's going on here? Uh, maybe they issued Legion flight rings? I'm not sure. Mm. I, you know, it's one of those where you just don't question it. It's pretty awesome looking at Vibe floating in the air and blasting. I mean, it's such a good shot. They used it in the opening credits. That's how good yeah, the shot is. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe Vibe learned how to use his... Sound ways to buffer him up? Yeah, yeah, to basically levitate. Why not? Yeah, yeah. So, a stray blast of Mordrew's magic brings a building to life, which attacks Tracy. Daniel turns to see what's going on and absorbs Skeets into the hole. Uh, and, uh, it's amazing how much you can care about a little flying teardrop that sounds like fry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's really sad because he, like, like, it looks like part of his outer um, covering gets covering, peeled back, peeled back yeah. and he just turns into like a swirl as he's getting yeah. sucked in. It's like, oh, and Booster skates, you know, yeah. just, yeah. oh, mm. heartbreaking. Yes. Now, I, I want to talk real quick about the building that he, uh, Mordrew transformed. I don't know if you saw this too, Chris, but that to me looks very, very much like a Keith Giffen drawing from this era. Of, yes. Well, from the, like the 80s. I mean, that kind of style he used in the Dr. Fate miniseries, you know, that kind of thing. That looks very much like a Keith Giffen design, which sort of resonated for me because Giffen's, of course, associated with Booster Gold so strongly. Yes, exactly. The teeth, the teeth mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. look Keith Giffen-esque. Yes, they really do. That's a good call. Yeah. I thought that too. I didn't write that in my notes, but I was thinking it too. So I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Booster blasts through the building monster and then Daniel absorbs it, which buys them a little time, time enough for Tracy to give him that pep talk. So Cindy, what's, you got a problem with the pep talk? Why the crap does Booster need to do it? She is just as capable of going up to Daniel, who Daniel trust her. Wouldn't he let her approach him before he'd let some strange guy dressed in a blue and gold costume approach him? And he's already shown that he wants to protect Tracy so she could actually walk up behind him and put the collar on versus facing him. He would let her do that. He's aware of her. <laughs> Why does Tracy need to rely on Booster to do it? Why? Why? Why does it have to be a hero? Why can't the civilian do it? Because obviously the civilian has a established relationship with him that Daniel wants to protect Tracy. He turned away from her. So why wouldn't he, because he's aware of what's going on, turn and say, hey, I'm going to turn. Put the collar on me real quick. Why? <laughs> why did she say, Daniel, turn around. I'm going to skip up behind you and put this on you. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> now that, that's the only, all right, I'll argue with you, which is to my own peril, but uh-huh. that, that is the only solution that would have worked, would be to get Daniel to turn around, because I think it, the reason she pushes Booster is because he had the super strength and the force field to resist, because, you know, Booster actually starts to get sucked in 
to the the portal and the only way he's resisting I mean they don't come right out and say it but he's clearly flying with like all of his strength to, uh, against the portal to snap the collar on so I, I think the whole reason that she's pushing him is because he's got the flight and the uh, the strength and the um, the force field to help resist uh, the, the the black hole that's my mm. version of it no yeah <laughs> well <laughs> but you're also relying on your, your version absolutely relies on Daniel being smart enough to do what she says and turn around. I mean, as we've just said, men are stupid. Maybe Daniel wouldn't figure it out. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I, I can see your point, Cindy, but this isn't called, you know, Civilian League Unlimited. This is called Justice League Unlimited. So, <laughs> you know, the, the superheroes, ow, the superheroes have to be the ones that save the day, you know? It's, <laughs> the difference between you and me, Chris, is I won't be sleeping on the couch tonight. So... <laughs> Christopher? <laughs> no, I'm just saying I, I get your point and it yeah, yeah. Which is correct. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> Which is correct. Uh the the uh you know Which is correct. Okay, all right. She, no, she she's asking the question, I think, Chris. Is it correct? Well, it, you it certainly could have went that way. But they this is booster story, so they got to let him save the day. <sighs> so uh <laughs> hey, well, at least Tracy got the moment though. I mean, like without that inspirational moment they didn't give her much to do in the whole episode so at yeah. least they had the the wherewithal to realize they had to give the female character some agency here and give her something to do rather than just having her be eye candy so I, I well it's a different era and they made some you know misogynist sort of decisions at least they gave her something behind every good man is a better woman so there you go oh <laughs> come here oh <laughs> Off the couch. Perfect. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> the shots of Booster being all distorted as he's pulled in the hole are pretty freaky looking. Yeah, I mean, it's like yeah. his teeth are all elongated. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, I could see Keith Giffen, Keith Giffen drawing this too. It's very, it's not particularly like his style, but it's just, it's really weird. It's just mm-hmm. really strange looking. And then the shot of Daniel standing there with the collar and his head looks like it's kind of elongated a little bit, not like Ralph, but elongated. And he's got lightning coming out from around his neck. It reminds me of the last shot of the Kurgan in Highlander, right oh, before yeah, his head comes yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. There can be only one. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> now David A. Scudier's ears just perked up. So. Right. <laughs> uh, Daniel belches and he ejects everything he absorbed, including Skeets. Who somehow isn't damaged like we saw I know, when he was pulled that, in. Right, yeah, that right. was one thing. Why wasn't he damaged? Why didn't he, he have a little peeled back? Yeah, a little lip of the the gold pulled back to show the circuits underneath. Yeah, you know? but no, he's he's fine. Which you know that's okay. Uh, and I do like that the line that Skeets has. My gosh, it was full of stars. That's <laughs> <It's>, hilarious. <laughs> it makes you wonder, like, what was? Where did this go? You know, I mean, it's uh, it's kind of interesting. I'm almost surprised this didn't whole thing didn't come back up right. as a, another plot point in another episode or something. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, Daniel belches again and says, sorry, and the black hole finally closes. At least he was polite about it the whole time. You yeah. Know? Right. <laughs> and the thing about it is, all those people went into a black hole, which I would assume would be space, which would actually preclude people coming back alive because there's no oxygen air in. Yeah. <laughs> but they did so yeah, yeah well you know we don't want to get that dark let's <laughs> i just kind of in my head i guess i i thought this was a, a deep connection to chunk 
as you guys mentioned earlier, so I just envisioned they all got transferred to a weird dimension where there was oxygen, but it was creepy looking or something. But mm-hmm. maybe I, I, that was my own sensibilities, though, uh, not what the show was giving us. Well, yeah, and I mean, it, it made me, you know, it kind of, uh, yeah, because that was like a like a barren wasteland type place. I remember that cover, that Steve Lytle cover. Of so Fla- kind of like Stranger Things Upside Down? Kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah, somewhat, yeah, kind of like that. No like, spoilers. I'm a, I, we just finished season two last night. Oh, okay. Well, no, it's no spoilers. Just no, you, no, you know, no. You know what the upside down looks like. Yeah, yes, so. I did. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love Booster's line. She, you know, she says, "You did it," and he's like, "Hey, all in a judgment day's work." So yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, I, although I'm still kind of, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that Booster is still down on himself after he stopped Daniel. Why? Why do you think that is? I'm not. I mean. I think it's kind of like he knows it's not going to matter. Nobody's going to believe him. Mm. I, th- I think he knows that because, you know, oh, well, I did what I was supposed to, but nobody's going to believe me. Mm. Yeah, John didn't believe him. That's true. Exactly. There's no video footage. No one saw it happen except for Tracy. And he's not going to get credit for it. You know, he's not going to make him super famous, which is what he wants. Yeah. And I, I think, too, maybe it's because I, I think he – I kind of I kind of help – I kind of hope that he – actually did have some character growth and he's kind of like, you know, I, I was so hyped up on myself and I, I, even though I did this, I wouldn't have done it if Tracy hadn't given me the push to do it. Yeah. I couldn't do it on my own. So, you know, then that's why he's, you know, I mean, you can interpret it several different ways. It just, it just see, it does seem like, you know, he doesn't snap back and like, all right, you know, like, yeah. you know, like, you know, Skeets is like, you know, you know, like the robot at the end of Flash Gordon, you know, you've saved your, you, you know, you're, <laughs> yeah, and he jumps up in the, you know, yeah, that, that actually would have been perfect, you know, yeah. if done that, you know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Skeets even points out through thermal readings that Tracy is literally hot for him to kiss her. Uh, thoughts, right. Cindy? <laughs> no. <laughs> is that even scientifically, like, I guess her pulse rate was up or something. Or, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure. I guess you know, it's like <laughs> that, I don't know that, about the that science. Part was gross. Yeah, she was literally hot to trot. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> what you say, Shag? I'm sorry. I just said that part was gross, without a doubt. I think it have, they he could have said that in a different way, you know, than than <laughs> than than that. But yeah, uh, we then see that Ralph Dibney has defeated Mordru. Yeah. Uh, Woo-hoo. Yeah, Captain Adam congratulates him, and Green Lantern says that was about the slickest move I've ever seen. Uh, but we're never told how he did it. No, we just see Mordrew unconscious, coiled up in Ralph's stretchy arms. So, so how do you think he defeated him? Oh, I, be- uh, me, I, I have no idea, and I don't want to ever know. I mean, that's the beauty of it. Is <laughs> and, and I've been talking about this the whole time. It's like the, the fact that. The MacGuffin, the the bit in the background is Mordru, which is supposed to be the A plot, but they made it the C plot of the story. That's what I love about it. So yeah. I don't want to ever know. I don't want to play. The, I you know you guys can speculate, but I'm like, nope. It's it's better to never ever know. Yeah, I agree. It probably really is, but it is it's interesting to pontificate about. You know, think about well, how would he have done that? You know, <laughs> I mean, Batman says once he was unconscious, his his magic faded, you know. Yeah. So I mean, I guess you just got to knock him out somehow, Ralph. Managed yeah. to knock him out, you know. Maybe he turned into a vase and hit him over the head with it. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That'd have been brilliant. Uh, skipped the most important thing in that scene. What's that? Which is, again, it's another awesome freeze frame moment with all these characters, including Blue Devil. 
Yes. Yeah. I, I had that in my notes to point out that Blue Devil's there, so you had to love that. Oh my gosh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I've got my Blue Devil JLU action figure on display in my office. It makes me very happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we actually see Adam Smasher, Crimson Avenger, Dr. Midnight, Obsidian, Wildcat, and Rocket Red as well in that scene, in addition to other characters we already mentioned. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so a lot of, a lot of JSA characters in that scene. And, mm-hmm. and plus Blue Devil. So, <laughs> so. Uh, then Batman gives Booster crap about shirking crowd control, and he just won't listen to him when he tries to tell him about the black hole and all the chaos they missed. Uh, do you think you guys think Booster ever convinced Batman that this happened during their chat later? I don't know. No way. Absolutely not. The name of the episode is is it tells it all. The greatest story never told. That's it's, true. Uh, no one ever found out about Booster except for Tracy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she's the she's the uh, captain of the Booster Gold fan club now. So yep. yeah, <laughs> she, she took she took that story to to prison with her. So oh dang oh, <laughs> oh man, sick burn, Jack. That was good. <laughs> uh, so Tracy says, "Excuse me, Green Lantern," and then Booster gets all hot about it and turns and sees it's her and. And she says, I'm just kidding. I know who Booster Gold is. And I think that that line has a double meaning. I think she's saying she also knows that Booster, despite his bravado, is a decent guy deep down. And he really has some self-esteem issues that he's masking through that. I kind of got that out. And I think that's one reason why she's willing to give go out to eat with him and give him a chance. What do you think? I think that's fair. Yeah. That's deep. I hadn't I hadn't dug that deep into the language of it, but yeah, no, I think you make a good point. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like to think that anyway. So Tracy asks him if he's free for a date, and he says he only does crowd control. He walks past Ralph, <laughs> who, despite saving the Earth, right. is, is busy picking up rubble. And he says, "Squeaky wheel, buddy. Squeaky wheel." Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and they walk off into the sunrise. So probably this is breakfast, not dinner, because right. it was nighttime. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. fair. <laughs> They're going to first watch or something. Yeah, there you there go. You go. <laughs> cracker Barrel or something. I don't know. Imagine Booster Gold walking in a Cracker Barrel in that costume. That'd be, yeah. that'd be hilarious. I'm not seeing that. <laughs> I'm not either. No. Uh, so how long did the Booster Tracy thing last, Cindy? Well, you know, he's not real deep. Yeah. <laughs> he's not real smart. But maybe she likes that. Maybe she's she's the smart one. Maybe she likes that, you know? So, <laughs> well, it does have its advantages. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Ooh, I, wa- I, love I walked right into that one. I got sucked right into that black hole. Uh, yes, you did. <laughs> I love you, honey. What do you think, Shag? How long did that last? Three dates. Three, uh, the two. first date was uh, an appreciation. The second date was, he's kind of fun. I'll, you know, maybe not so much third dates. Like, no, he's exactly who I thought he was. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. But they probably did shag. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> they probably did. <laughs> well played. Well played. <laughs> I was going to ask you, Shag, and I, I did not look this up because this was a last minute thought this morning as I was working on this finalizing notes. 
what was Booster's profile like in the comics at this time in 2004? I mean, I know the next year oh. with Infinite oh, Crisis gonna, in 52. We're going to we're going to we're going to talk about this. We're going to oh. talk about this in the comic connections. Okay. So, uh we okay. can talk about some of it now or we can wait. You tell me, sir. No, no. We'll we'll talk about it then. We'll talk about it then. We'll leave it for that. We'll leave it we'll okay. leave it for that. So, speaking of which, let's let's jump into our superlatives here. So, power action feature. For our power action feature, our big power or the save moment, or the coolest move type thing. Uh, what did you have down, Shag? I had down Buster, uh, Buster, uh, Booster putting the headband on the scientist because you know it's it, it everything's leading to that moment. You know he's getting literally sucked into the black hole. It's just a big dramatic moment. So that's that's what I went with. What about you, Cindy? When Tracy got that collar together, lickety split. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So she's like. Okay, this is the problem. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to solve it. Here it is. Oh, okay. So that even that even feeds into your why didn't she get to be the one that uh-huh. got you. Well, I've agreed with Shag. It was the big suck in the portal moment. So we've so yeah, I know we've ticked you off. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm giving him side eye folks. Yeah. <laughs> right. Rotating chairperson. For rotating chairperson, I mean, is there any question? This Right. Right. I, it, oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, right. this, it's obviously Tracy. You're it's right. It's obviously Tracy. <laughs> Despite her, her her forthcoming criminal record, she is the uh, – <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, yeah. So uh, – but, yeah. Uh, no, it's got to be Booster because, I mean, this is his spotlight. I mean, oh, this yeah, is one of the yeah. few spot. although I guess you could give it to Ralph on a technicality because he defeated more Drews. Well, so. well yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Justice League Communicator. So Justice League Communicator, there is a lot of great clever lines in this one. Uh, did you have one that stood out to you, Shag? Oh, man. The minute you invited me on this episode and reminded me of the superlatives, I knew immediately, without even rewatching the episode, I could still hear the delivery of this line in my head. So it, it's a two-parter. It starts off – and I already mentioned it in the show, so it's not a surprise to people. But in the beginning, when Green Lantern uh, is talking to an elongated man, he says, Plastic Man's already down there. We don't need two stretchy guys. But then when they circle back at the end in the same character, Green Lantern, still Phil Lamar, delivering that line – that's just about the slickest moon I've ever seen. Yeah. The line is great. The the incredulous of it is like, what? Elongated man beat Mordrew? And we don't right. see it happen. I mean, and Phil Lamar's delivery is genius. It's just he's got that, you know, surprise tone himself, and he's the one who was snarky to him earlier. It's absolutely that's just about the slickest move I've ever seen. That's that's uh, that yeah that's a nice and that's a nice like circle back yeah and, mm-hmm. and Green Lantern and John is like hey you know man I underestimated you good job you yeah. know that, that's mm-hmm. like you know it's, mm-hmm. it's just you know I think you know, from now on you know he's gonna see Ralph in the hallway and give him a fist bump or something yeah. right you know it's like <laughs> what about you Cindy I I'll, you know I'm gonna go with that you like that yeah I like that okay my favorite is one I mentioned earlier it's the Energize. Doofus. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Because that, that captures Booster, you know, like, I'm Captain Kirk, I'm the hero, you know, and the guy's like, oh, God. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know it's just, that's <laughs> great. Comic Connections. So for Comic Connections, Shag, lay it on us. What do you got? Well, I'll give you the two obvious ones, and then I'll get into the thing I want to talk about. The first one is uh, Dr. Brown being like Chunk. I mean, I really felt like they were looking for something to borrow from the comics because uh, it just – it is so much like the Chunk character mm-hmm. and the way his powers work that I, I just had to believe it has to be tied to that in some way. Uh, then, of course, we get Composite Superman, which is clearly – that's a nod to that. Uh, but 
here here's the most amazing comic connection. And I don't know if you picked up on this yet or Chris, not you probably did, but either way. So at this point, Booster Gold's profile in DC Comics was pretty much nowhere. He was a joke. He was an afterthought in 2004. He, you know, he had been around in the JLI era. That continued after uh, Giffen and DiMatteis left. He was still active in the Justice League all the way till that incarnation ends. Then he showed up in what? Extreme Justice, I want to say, for a while, right? Yeah. And he, he goes nowhere in 2004. Now, come 2005, with Infinite Crisis and 52, his profile increases and people begin to notice him again. In fact, that series starts off showing him as a joke. But here's the thing that I find amazing. You know, what this segment's supposed to be about, right, is when the com- um, the cartoon borrows ideas from comics. That's supposed to be what the segment is, right? Right. In reality, it goes the other way. Because this episode airs in 2004, and it's the greatest story never told. Come 2007, Jeff Johns and Jeff Katz write a Booster Gold ongoing series, which is all about him time traveling, but he can never tell anyone about the stuff he's doing. In fact, his nickname becomes Booster Gold, the greatest hero you've never heard of. Mm. So I think that the Jeff Johns, Jeff Katz direction of Booster Gold was directly inspired from this episode. Mm, okay. Oh, that's true. I hadn't, I, I hadn't put that together, even though I really should have. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's great. Yes, I think... I was going to say I thought that this episode raised Booster's profile. Yeah, oh, it did, yeah. And it, it definitely did. And he appeared on Smallville somewhere around this time, too. Yeah, I think so. Uh, oh, not too long okay. after this, yeah. So, um, it, it, but, um, yeah, that's that's great. I mean, yeah, this informed the future the, the future presentation of Booster moving forward in the comics. Yeah. That, that's awesome. Yeah, the only, got, other, the only the only other character I could think of from JLU that sort of uh, the cartoon pushed the character forward enough was the question. I feel like the question, his profile was raised so much in the cartoon that it gave DC the ability to do more with him in the comics. I felt like, right. yeah, well, it definitely. That's I mean, one other one is definitely John Stewart. Um, oh, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I mean, for a lot of people, this show made him the Green Lantern. Who's this white guy named Hal Jordan? You know, right. you know right. yeah, exactly. you know, it's like, why wasn't he in the movie? Right? You know, so <laughs> uh, yeah, why wasn't he? But uh, <laughs> but Ooh. oh, yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, that that good call, good call on that. Yeah, I was going to mention that the title, the greatest story ever told. I mean, obviously, that's you know. That's something that existed pre-DC. I mean, that's, you know, that's obviously the stories from the Bible are often called The Greatest Story Ever Told. There was a movie, I believe, called The Greatest Story Ever Told. Right. Uh, but DC had a series of books called The Greatest Stories, uh, Greatest, you know, Batman, Superman Stories Ever Told. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of wonder mm-hmm. if this isn't a play on that. It's because it is DC and it's The Greatest Story Never Told. So Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Electricity is evil. Electricity is evil. Um, you know, I, I, I caught Mordrew blasts Superman with a magical electrified net, and then electricity sparks out of the collar when Daniel has stopped. Anybody else catch anything? But that's I, magic, so, you know. Mm, mm. Uh, okay, I, I just caught the net. Yeah, I, I also noted the Superman net, but um, it wasn't the magical, the net creation was magical, but it still sure looked like electricity to me. Yeah, and and George Newbern, who isn't credited in this episode, it was probably a, a lifted grunt from one of his thousands of grunts from season <laughs> right, one. Right, right. Yeah, the, uh, uh, you know, like which Rob likes to point out all the time. That's you know, <laughs> go to George Newbern at a convention. Can you say something to Superman? And he says, "This is a job." No, no, go. Uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> 
this you know, I, I, I was listening to a, at a convention recently, and it was a, a panel of voice actors, and they talked about voice matching, which is when they are not around and they need someone to record lines for their character in a bit part, and another actor steps forward who sounds like them. Mm. So it could be George Newbern had a, a voice match person that could go, uh, just like him. I don't know. Yeah, right. that's true. true. It could have been it could have been Chris Cox or whoever, or it could have been Tom Everett Scott. It you know because they can they can do like I think three characters per episode or something like mm. that. So mm. yeah, it, it could have it could have been. So, uh, so I think that'll about wrap it up, guys. Final thoughts on this one, Jag. I absolutely love it. Again, it's one of my favorite episodes of the series. It's so different than all the other episodes. It stands out for that. Uh, it's funny. It's hilarious. Obviously, it celebrates Booster. I feel the Firestorm essence is buried in there somewhere. It's it's an absolute favorite of mine, and I'm just so thrilled I got a chance to talk about it with you guys. Well, yay. Well, we're thrilled you got to, too. And, I, yeah, I think – I kind of think maybe Skeets is kind of Professor Stein in some ways, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in this episode. So, yeah, I think the, the Firestorm DNA huh, is uh, mm. is kind of it's kind of <laughs> in there. Yeah. What about you, Cindy? I, it, it is a really enjoyable episode aside from the fact, fact like I said, the, the plot hole of him walking around mm. and it being okay. And the fact that, to me, if Booster had been like – you know, if it, they had tag teamed it in so far as, hey, you know, I'll distract him so he turns around. He won't suck you. You know, if they, she had been more granted more agency. Oh, it's like he was sucking Booster in while she stuck up behind him. Yeah, now that would have worked. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I would have been happier with that. I'm, mm. I, I'll be honest. I'm unhappy with the damsel in distress mode that they put Tracy in when it's shown she's very capable. She's very smart. It seems like she'd be ready to jump in there and do it as well. It doesn't help that we saw Wonder Woman in damsel in distress mode too at the beginning yeah. of this episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, now freaking Wonder Woman. Not a good episode for the ladies of the series. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. But I mean, I I, I really enjoy this one. It's it's. I, I mean, I do too. I'm just saying. That's, I know what you, you know. mean. It's just yeah. That's that's what we that you know that's what we do here. We we still enjoy it, but we you know point out things that we kind of wish were a little different and. And I, I think this is, like I said before, I, I wish the series, I, I don't regret that they got into the storylines, the ongoing storylines, because I think they did a good job of moving those storylines forward in, in chapters, but also giving you a satisfying individual episode, um, which honestly, and I'm probably going to get some guff for this, I, that's one thing I didn't like as well about Young Justice because I think Young Justice gets real wrapped up in its storylines to the point where it sometimes doesn't worry about making a satisfying one and done aspect of the show. But mm. I haven't gone back and rewatched it and I haven't watched the new season. So nobody like throw flaming torches at me. I'm just saying my, my comparison between the two shows without having watched that one in several years. But, uh, but you know, I, I do kind of wish that they had, done more spotlight episodes like this, like Shag said, with Shining Night and Vigilante, with mm-hmm. with any of the, you know, with, with I mean, Hawk and Dove kind of had that, but it was also very much a Wonder Woman episode. Right, right, right. So, so this one's just pure booster, basically. Yeah, yeah. And uh kind of wish we'd seen more of that, so. But, uh of course, thank you, Shag. Thanks for stopping by the Watchtower. As always, uh, Cindy and I have both been to the New York Embassy, so we're keeping our tour of <laughs> Justice League headquarters going here, so, yeah. <laughs> It was a joy to have Cindy there without Chris. It was so much fun, and uh, we should all do more of that without Chris. Oh, it hurt my heart. Really? <laughs> no, Does it really? Not really. 
Well, thank you so much for having me. I sincerely appreciate it. Um, You know we love you. Aw, and I adore you guys as well. So if you guys want to hear more about the JLI or Booster, you can check out the Just League International Ball Haha podcast where I talk about it every month. And uh, again, super, super thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. And I got to say, Shag, uh, you have really been just knocking it out of the park with your V episodes on Once Upon a Geek. I, I really think, I mean, I, you know, I think this is, and I told you that, I think that's some of your, I mean, not, not that I don't love the JLI show, but I think that's some of your best podcasting there. You're some of your, the best content you've created. I really do. It's wow. Great. I sincerely appreciate that. Thank you for saying my previous 11 years were crap. Yeah. They, <laughs> it's all been leading to this, you know. Oh yeah, I mean it's you. Well, just, you've even talked about it because you've listened to it, and you're like, you can tell he just really loves it. Yeah, you know, right? And yeah, it's it's yeah. it. I mean, it, it's him and his guests talking about it have revived memories in my mind that I haven't thought about in years. You know, I'm like, oh, I remember that. I remember that because I haven't watched it in like probably 30 years. I mean, I sure. remember <laughs> running home to watch it. You know, when it would be on. You know, and talk about it. And you know, I remember you know the baby coming out, and I'd be like. It's an alien baby, but it's cute. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, and it's it's such an interesting touchstone because it's something that's like part of our generation and only our generation because mm-hmm. the generation before us wasn't really watching it. The generation after it probably never even heard of it. So it's it's kind of owned by us, and I kind of mm-hmm. love that. And yeah. uh, now, fair warning, folks, uh, I appreciate the, the the kind words, Chris. But if you ever go over to Once Upon a Geek to listen to them, there each episode's like three hours long. There's a whole lot of content in there. There's a lot of guests, a lot of discussion. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely a passion project. So that's part of the reason I think that I haven't been able to shut up about it. Well, I, I'll say this. I mean, once you start listening to it, you won't even realize it's three hours long. Mm. So because, I mean, I, you know, I listen to it while I work and I'm like, I just was listening to it and enjoying it. And I, it actually helped my workday go by quicker because I looked down like, <laughs> oh, it's almost five o'clock now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so thanks, I Shaq. <laughs> I will take that compliment. <laughs> Uh, we also wanted to give special thanks to our Patreon supporters for information on how you can support the Firewater Podcast Network. Visit patreon.com slash fwpodcast. Extra special thanks to Jorge Luis Castillo, Matt Ryan, Neil Whitney, Jeff Owens of the Classic Horrors Club Podcast, and our latest addition to the Watchtower, David Capone, for specifically supporting JLUcast. Your reward is cleanup with Ralph Dibney. Hey, don't complain. It could be crowd control. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, we have another very special guest, one who is legally limited to the amount of time he can spend with Shag, and the episode also features the return of a certain Sea King and the introduction of some super friends. See you then. Bye. 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 JLU Cast is a Franklin and Franklin production in association with Bugaloo Enterprises worldwide and is a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. The characters and properties mentioned in this show are copyright their respective holders. Likewise, all audio clips are copyright their holders, and no infringement is implied. So please don't sue Mommy and Daddy. Emails can be sent to supermatespodcast at gmail.com. Comments can be left at firewaterpodcast.com. Find us on Facebook by searching for JLUcast and FW Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter by using the hashtag FWPodcast. Please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. Thank you for listening to JLUcast. Thank you, Green Lantern. I'm not Green Lantern. I'm Booster Gold. 
If I were Green Lantern, my costume would be green, now wouldn't it? I have officially hit rock bottom.